Good morning, Crossbridge family, and welcome to Crossbridge Online. It is so good to be with you this morning. And if you're a guest who's joining us, I especially want to welcome you and just say thank you for joining us from wherever it is that you are. And I want you to know that my hope and my prayer for you is the same as it is for every person who joins us online. And that's simply this, no matter where you find yourself in your faith today, that you would be able to take one step towards Jesus, because that's what we're all about here at Crossbridge. If you're not new to our church this morning, you know that last week we started a brand new series called The Grass is Always Greener. And what I love most about this series is that we're partnering with another local church to South Jersey called Grace Church down in Logan. And what we're doing is we're going through this series, swapping off the content and the teaching between myself last week and I had the privilege to preach in person at Grace Church and Crossbridge. You get the privilege this week of hearing from their pastor, Pastor Dave, who's going to be with us in our virtual service today. And here's what I'm so excited about is not only do I not have to preach this week and not have to do all the prep work that goes into it, but the thing that I'm most excited about is the privilege of sitting and learning right alongside you today just like everybody else, to hear what God has to say through Pastor Dave to me, to you, and I'm so excited you get to hear from him and his teaching with us this morning. So Crossbridge, would you do me a huge favor, throw it in the comments, a big welcome, a big encouragement, and just uh, you could use hands or whatever you want to welcome Pastor Dave as he brings the word today. So Pastor Dave, would you bring that for us? I'm really excited you're coming and bringing this. Amen. I'm glad thank you're here. You. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Good morning, Crossbridge. Good morning. Uh, man, I just want to say, just first and foremost, a big, huge thank you to, to Pastor Jimmy, uh, to the rest of the staff there at Crossbridge. Y'all have been a huge, huge blessing uh, to me, especially during the season uh, of COVID and just dealing with all the challenges and things that go on in ministry. So I just want to give a big shout out to, to Pastor Jimmy and all your staff there. And uh, I'm just excited. I'm excited to jump into this, this second week here of the grass is always greener. And I, I remember when Pastor Jimmy and I were, were sitting together and we were eating lunch, and I think we were maybe eating wings that day. Um, but we're discussing what this, this series is going to look like. And I remember uh, we, we specifically wanted a series that uh, was going to be very practical, that was something that was going to really speak into the lives of anyone who happens to uh, jump in and listen here this morning. And I think that's kind of where we landed here uh, with the grass is always greener. My question here this morning uh, is, is it really? Is it really? Is the grass really always uh, greener? Uh, just as a little intro here this morning, I want to give you some, some background, some detail of this slogan of the grass is always greener. Uh, the idea of this saying, right, the grass is always greener, has, has literally been around forever, probably since uh, humankind, since creation. Uh, we have been comparing ourselves to others and what others have compared to what we have. Uh, earlier versions of this well-known saying uh, from the 1500s, and I was going to put on my uh, 1500s voice for this one, but I don't think I'm going to. I'm not going to embarrass my wife uh, here this morning. Uh, but here's an earlier version of this saying from the 1500s. It said this. It says, The corn in another man's ground seemeth ever more fertile and plentiful than doth our own. 
Another uh, old poet, this poet named Ovid, wrote it uh, this way. I may be pronouncing his name wrong too, who knows. Uh, but he put it this way, the harvest is always richer in another man's field. Man, that one makes a lot more sense to me than the first one. Uh, but the current English version that, that we know today, the grass is always greener, has been popular since the early 1900s when it was actually recorded in, uh, in a song as part of the lyrics of a song. And it, it, it's speculated. Uh, this, this is just some, some trivia stuff for you guys. You can show off to your friends. Uh, but it's speculated that this English version uh, came from the habit of cattle grazing through the fence, like reaching through the fence on the grass of the adjacent field, or escaping from one pasture to another through a broken fence line in search of new grass to eat. And that's the slogan that we have today, as the grass is always greener compared to your side. Amen? So that's where our focus is uh, this four weeks here uh, on this sermon series. Uh, This series is going to take a hard, hard look uh, at our tendency to always compare kind of what we have as to what somebody else has. Uh, One pastor defined comparison this way. I want to give you a little definition of comparison. He defined it this way. Comparison is determining where I am based on where everyone else is. Do y'all catch that definition? I'm going to read it one more time. Comparison is determining where I am based on where everyone else is. Now, last week, Pastor Jimmy did an amazing job preaching and really laying the foundation of this series. He, he, he broke down Philippians chapter 4, and uh, he said some really important things. I just wanted to do a, uh, share a couple that really stuck with me. He said, comparison always leads to two things, one of two things, to pride or to jealousy. I thought, I thought that was so powerful, what he shared last week. And, and really, his main focus last week, right, in Philippians 4, was that the only way that we can find real peace and real contentment is with Jesus at the center of it all. Can I get an amen? If y'all were there last week, get a, give me an amen in the chat. Amen? The only way we can find real peace and contentment is with Jesus at the center. If he's not at the center, our life is going to be crazy. And we're going to constantly be looking at other things uh, for fulfillment. But with Jesus at the center, we can find peace. That was our word last week. We can find peace and we can find contentment. But today here this morning, we're going to look at one specific area. We're going to look at a few specific things over the next few weeks uh, when we're talking about comparison, comparing our lives to others, comparing what we have to others. And the area we're going to break down here this morning is an area concerning uh, our gifts, our abilities, uh, our skills, our talents, however you want to phrase that, that we've been given by God. And I want to say this first and foremost, that I believe that every one of us has been given gifts by God. God has granted and blessed us with special abilities uh, to use for His glory. Now this area here this morning we're going to talk about, listen, I'm just going to be honest, uh, this is a tough one for me. Does anyone else struggle with comparing our skills, our gifts, to maybe what your friends can do, or maybe what your neighbors can do, or maybe what your family could do, or maybe those people you see on social media all the time that just seem to be amazing at everything. 
right? This is an area I find that this is, this is really difficult. This is something I really, really struggle with. I have a tendency sometimes to look at the abilities and, and the talents of others and start to question, listen, and I start to question or become unsatisfied with my own God-given abilities. Now listen, if I'm not the only one in the boat here, can y'all raise a hand or something in the comments just to know that I'm not alone? Amen? I struggle with this at times. Uh, I'll just share a, a brief story just this week. Uh, I happen to be watching a video online. I love watching. Uh, does anyone know what Nitro Circus is? Man, they do some uh, just incredible, crazy stunts on BMX bikes and, and dirt bikes and skateboards and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I love uh, watching some of that because it takes me back uh, to my days when I was a kid and I was building ramps in the woods and hurting myself. Um, but I was, I was watching a video and, and this, this sport has gone so far now. There was a guy on a BMX bike who did a double front flip and like landed it, like landed it perfectly. And I was amazed. And there was another guy who did a quadruple tailspin. Like, if you don't know what that is, you like spin the bike around four times and you land on it perfectly. And then you have to ride away. And, and as excited as I was for these guys, for these athletes to be doing these amazing things, there was something deep down inside that was like, man, like, that'd be amazing if I could do that. I, I, I wish that I could do some of those things that these guys are doing. Like, I remember back in the day, man, I had my GT Pro Performer. Man, it was amazing. My brother, it was actually a hand-me-down from my brother. He had a, he had a pink. Uh, I don't know why he picked a pink bike with white wheels, but it was pretty cool. But I, I spray-painted it black. That's what I did. Uh, but I remember looking back and, and watching these riders perform these amazing stunts. And I remember saying, like, man, back in my day, I could, like, do a six-inch bunny hop. Right? Like I could, I could like, I could barely get it off the ground, man. Like the longest wheelie I could ever hold was like 10 seconds. Right? And, and I started to get uh, this feeling deep down inside, like this is just my flesh and I know this and, and the Lord's uh, working on me. Amen. Uh, but I got this feeling after watching these amazing gifts and talents and abilities of these athletes. And I started to think like, man, I can't do that. Man, I, I wish I knew how to do those things. I, I wish God had given me those talents, those abilities. So we're going to jump in and really examine some of that here this morning. We're going to figure out how we can stop comparing, right? Stop comparing our gifts to somebody else's gifts and start embracing what God has given us. So we're going to see that come up here in a minute. This morning, I want to look at a section of Scripture. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up. Uh, I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version here this morning. If you don't have that version, I'm sure it's going to be close. Uh, but go ahead and open up Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30 here this morning. And uh, maybe if you know your Bible a little bit here in the book of Matthew, you say, man, he's going to the parable of the talents. And that's exactly where I'm going here this morning. And you may say, well, the talents is talking about uh, money, Pastor Dave. Are you sure you want to go to this scripture? And I'm going to tell you, man, this is way more than just about some money and how to invest it, right? This is going to be about what God has gifted us with and what are we doing with it. So I want to jump into our verses and then we're going to just make a couple observations here this morning and learn how these things can apply to our lives. 
uh, and how we can stop thinking that the grass is always greener when it comes to our gifts and abilities. I'm going to be, again, Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30, 14 through 30, and I'm going to read through this, and we're going to break it down a little bit. If you have your Bibles, go ahead, open them up. Here we go. Matthew 25, verses 14, it says this, For it will be, let's talk about the kingdom, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each according to his own ability. Now if you're taking notes or if you have a highlighter with your Bible, I want you to highlight that section right there in verse 15. To each according to his own ability. Verse 16, we'll continue. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. He who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents here. I have made five talents more. Listen to the response from the master here. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 22 now. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents here. I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Recognize that it's the same response to the first guy. Amen. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? All right. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, verse 26, you wicked and slothful servant. Man, that's not, that's not the response you want from the master. Amen. <laughs> you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want to pray real quick. Father God, Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that we can open it, that we can hear from you. God, I thank you for these, uh, this, this scripture here in Matthew 25, God. God, I pray you'd use it 
I pray you to open our hearts here this morning. God, that we can hear your truth. God, I pray that you'd allow the teachings of this parable to go deep and bring application into our very lives here this morning. God, we thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. I have just a couple observations here from the parable of the talents. And like I said, uh, man, this, this, this parable was a lot about money. But to me, this, this parable is about stewardship. This parable is about being faithful with what God has given you. And I think so much, church, we ch- we're challenged, right? And, and we sometimes fall short when it comes into this area of our gifts, our talents, and how we compare them to others and what they have. So I have just a couple observations here uh, to fight the trap of comparison. That's what we're talking about, fighting the trap of comparison. The first observation is this, and if you're taking notes, I have a couple things that you may want to write down here this morning. Uh, But number one is this, to fight the trap of comparison, we need to recognize that your gifts were uniquely designed for you. Did you all catch that? To fight the trap of comparison, we need to recognize that your gifts were uniquely designed for you. I want to go back to our scripture, verse 15. This is what I do. I go back to the scripture, amen? Verse 15, it said, And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. Remember what I asked you to highlight earlier? It said, to each according to his own ability. That's an important line right there. To each according to his own ability. Ability. Listen, your gifts were designed and tailored specifically for you. I want you to hear that here this morning. When I was thinking about uh, this verse and going through some of these points and studying, I, I couldn't help but think about uh, how suits are made. Uh, does anyone like a, a nice tailored suit? Listen, I'm going to be honest. I have the toughest time buying suits. I I know Pastor Jimmy sometimes likes to get it all done up, man, and and you may have to give me a hookup on on where to get a good suit, but I have like one suit that fits me well. Uh, But when I was thinking about this, uh, how how gifts are, are designed or tailored specifically for you, I couldn't help thinking about my woes of trying to find a suit that fits. Again, I have such a hard time. I usually end up uh, swimming in these things. I don't know if it's like I got to do like some more push-ups or some more, add some bench press to the thing, but it's always swimming up here and then the leg. I don't know what's going on. But listen, I have a hard time uh, finding a suit that fits well. Um, I, I can see those pictures of, of those GQ looking guys in the magazines and they got those nice crisp looking suits. I'm like, man, that's what I want to look like. That's the kind of suit I need. A preacher needs at least one good suit. Amen. Uh, and I look at those pictures and, and I go to the store and I find that suit and I try it on and it, I'm just like, Ugh. like it doesn't work. It's a terrible looking suit. It doesn't fit in the shoulders. It doesn't fit in the legs. It doesn't fit anywhere. It doesn't fit around the neck. It doesn't fit. But what we fail to realize, church, and this is where I'm going to, what we fail to realize is that in those pictures, right? Are y'all with me? In those pictures, those suits, right, are oftentimes specifically tailored to that person. Amen? Are y'all with me? Those suits in those pictures are specifically tailored to fit that person. They are not off-the-rack kind of suits, That's why they look so good in the pictures. Listen, it's all fake, y'all. I'm just going to go right there, right? 
They are specifically tailored for those models. The tailor had intimate knowledge of that model's measurements. Right? He knew the inseam, he knew the sleeve, he knew the chest length, he knew the neck size, the outer leg size. He had intimate knowledge of that model's measurements. Listen, church, the same is true with your heavenly father. The same is true. And how he has gifted us. Listen, Psalm 139 verse 13 says this. It says, for you have formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Listen, your heavenly father had intimate knowledge of you when he created you. Are y'all following? He had intimate knowledge when he created you. Luke 12 verse 7 says this. So I even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Y'all, listen, your heavenly father knows how many hairs are on your head. And listen, I'm getting older. He knows how many hairs I'm losing on my head, right? He knows us intimately. Listen, God has given you this morning, if you're listening here today, God has given you gifts, abilities, talents that are designed specifically for you. They will not fit anybody else. They are designed specifically for you. Listen, church, when you embrace and recognize this, it will become easier. I'm not going to say it's easy. I'll never say it's easy. But it will become easier to stop comparing your gifts to somebody else's. Listen, we need to stop comparing and start embracing the gifts that God has given us. Listen, I'm going to tell you here this morning, don't get mad at me. You can email Pastor Jimmy on Monday, all right? Listen, the suit doesn't fit you. I'm just going to be honest. The suit doesn't fit you. Stop trying to make other people's suits fit you. God is calling you to, to, to walk in the gifts and the abilities that he's designed for you. Don't get caught in the trap of comparing your gift to somebody else's. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. It'll never fit. To fight the trap of comparison, we need to recognize that your gifts were uniquely designed for you and you alone. The second thing here this morning, and this will probably be my, my second and final point here, to fight the trap of comparison, we need to do something with what we've been given. Do something with what we've been given. You're probably saying to yourself, wow, Pastor Dave, that is like really basic stuff. Listen, I'm a simple preacher. Y'all ever had the KISP method? It's called keep it simple preacher. That is me, all right? We are called to do something with what we have been given. Listen, do something. Do something. If you don't hear anything else this morning, do something. Listen, the, the five talents guy here in our, our parable of the talents, the five talents guy was given a lot. Amen. He was given a lot. And if you go back and look at some of the um, historical uh, part of the talents, a talent was basically a whole year's wage. So this guy was given five whole years worth of wages 
to go and manage for uh, his master. He was given a lot. He had a lot of responsibility. He knew that his master was expecting a return. But what did he do? He got to work. He did something. He took the five talents and he did something. Again, verse 16 said, He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. He did something. He used them. And he made five talents more. The same with the two talents guy. Man, I really, I really, uh, man, this two talents guy, this is my guy right here. Like, I feel like I really can relate to this guy. The two talents guy, same thing. He wasn't given quite as much, right, as the first guy but he was a great steward of what he was given. He was a great steward of what he was given. Verse 17 said, So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. Listen, he did something with what he was given. I want to point something out to you here this morning. Notice it didn't say, and man, I'm going to go here this morning. Pastor Jimmy, I apologize, but I'm going here. But notice that it didn't say here in our scripture, It didn't say he who had the two talents felt the deal was unfair and wanted to receive exactly what the five talents guy received. That scripture did not say that. Amen. The two talents guy received the two talents. He went and did something with them and he brought a return back to his master. Again, the two talents guy recognized that he had been given a great gift He wasn't comparing his gift to the five talents guy. He knew that he was given a great gift and had a great responsibility to fulfill for his master. And he went and used what he was given to bring a return back to his master. Listen, he did something. Do something, church. Do something. He did something. He used what he, was, what he had been given. He was a great steward to what the master had entrusted him with. Then we had the third servant. The third servant. The one talent guy. He did nothing. Nothing. He did nothing. Verse 18. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Did nothing. He put it in the dirt. He took this gift from the master and he hid it. I can't help to think, and this is just my own thought process, but I can't help to think that maybe he took a peek, right, over at the other two servants and compared his talents to theirs. And maybe he said something like this, well, I didn't get what those other guys got, so not, not a lot is really expected of me. I can't help to think that. The master expected them to do something with the talents they had been entrusted with. Listen, our Heavenly Father, church, expects us to use the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the skills, however you want to say it. He, has, he expects us to use what he's given us for his glory. He expects us to do something. He expects us to use the gifts he's given us for his glory, and he's looking for a return on it. Amen? He is looking for a return. He's not asking you to do more than the next guy who's been gifted uh, in different ways or maybe in more ways. He's not asking that of you. He's asking that you would do something with what you have been given, 
with what you have been given. Here's my fear. Here's my fear, and I'm going to be honest this morning. Here's my fear, especially now in the, the world of social media, where everyone's life is together and everything is great, and man, it's like the highlight reel. But here's my fear. My fear is that many of us look around at the people around us. We, we compare our gifts, our skills, our abilities to others. We watch the highlight reel, and we begin to feel inadequate with what we've been blessed with, with what we've been given, what, what God has uniquely designed for us. We, we start to, to feel inadequate and that, that, that that's not good enough. And we do nothing with what we've been given. We do nothing. We turn into the one talent guy. And, and we look around at the world and we say, you know what, we're not like the five talents guy. We're not like the CEOs of those big giant companies. So we're not really, nothing's really expected of us. God's not really asking us to do much. No, let me, let me tell you this morning, he is. He has specifically designed gifts and abilities for you to use for his glory. But we tend to do nothing with it at times. That's my fear. And we hide it. And we keep it away. And we say, you know what? All those other guys can do that stuff. We're going to keep our talents hidden. So my question here this morning as we wrap up is what are we going to do with what we have? Listen, I want to just remind you, church, that your Heavenly Father loves you. That when He created you, He knit you in your mother's womb. That He intimately knew you. That He specifically designed gifts, talents, and abilities for you to use for His glory. My question is, what are we going to do with what we've been given? The tendency is to look around at everybody else and compare to everybody else and to say this slogan of, man, the grass is always greener. I wish I had what they had. I wish I could do what they can do. But instead, God is calling you to, to look in the mirror, to say, man, God, you have truly blessed me with some abilities, with some talents, with some gifts. What am I doing with those? And as we leave here this morning, that's what I want to leave you with. That, that, that hangnail right there. What are we doing with what God has blessed us with? Are you stuck in the trap of comparison? Listen, I'm telling you, it's just like Pastor Jimmy spoke on Philippians chapter 4. That if we continue to look to the, to the other pastor, if we continue to look everywhere else for our fulfillment, for our peace, we are never going to find it. But only if we look back at Jesus only if we have Jesus at the center will we find peace, will we find fulfillment. And listen, instead of this week, instead of looking at the highlight reel of everyone else and looking at the abilities and skills of everyone else, I want you to do a self-check here this week. And I want you to ask yourself, what has God gifted me with? What talents, abilities can I use for his glory? Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you here this morning. God, we thank you that you have gifted each and every one of us with specific and unique abilities, talents, gifts. 
God, and I pray here this week that as we, as we leave this place, as we go into the world and, and interact with friends and family and coworkers, God, I, I pray you'd protect us from this tendency to want to look at everything else, from this tendency of wanting to compare what we have to what everyone else has. God, that you would stop us in our tracks and just remind us that you've gifted us with specific things and that we're called to use those things for your glory. God, call us to do something this week with the gifts, talents, abilities you've gifted us with. God, and I pray that everything we do would just give you honor and glory. God, I pray here this morning that if you don't, you're watching here today, you don't even know the name of Jesus, that you've never surrendered your life over to him. God, I, I, I pray that your heart is just soft and open right now. God, that you, that, that you would know that your heavenly Father loves you, that he sent his one and only son, son to come and to die a death that we deserve, that he came and paid a debt that we owed, and that through Jesus, our sins can be forgiven. That through Jesus, we can be promised an eternity in heaven. God, be with us as we leave this place. God, be, be with us as we walk into this world. And let us be ambassadors for you. God, we thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all, Crossbridge. It's been an amazing, amazing time. I'm so honored and blessed to have been able to come and share the word, word with you guys. I love your staff there. I love your people at Crossbridge. I'm so glad we're doing this together. Make sure to stick around for the remaining two weeks of the grass is always greener. God bless.